0: Welcome back to Ramdas Here and Now. I'm Raghu Marcus. It's been uh, a little bit of a gap here in our podcasts, and that's because we just came back from a retreat uh, with Ramdas and Sharon Salzberg and Jai Utah in Maui. It was uh, a wonderful, wonderful tr- retreat. The topic was compassion and adversity, or as uh, Ramdas and Sharon uh, retitled it Compassion and Tsuris, which is the Yiddish word for problems. Got lots of problems, don't we, day to day? Um, By the way, you can go up to ramdas.org and um, our wonderful content manageress, Rachel Fisher, who. uh, took care of getting a live stream uh, over that weekend, last weekend, um, which was middle of April, uh, to everybody, has put up the uh, recorded uh, videos, and you can find them. I believe you can just go to ramdas.org, as I said, and uh, they'll be right there, all the links to the different days. There's a wonderful one with Jai Utah telling... uh, briefly, the story of the Ramayana in a beautiful way, so that's fun. And um, and we appreciate everybody's support for being able to do this, to be able to set up these retreats and film them and stream them and then eventually put out little films like we are cultivating films. The last one, by the way, was Cultivating Intuitive Faith and True Surrender featuring K.K. Shah, our family member from India that's up there as well, and we appreciate your support through donations. So please continue. Uh, this talk uh, from Ramdas is called "Sex and Spirituality," and um, he says some great things uh, in this talk around working with that energy. And um, just to give you a little bit of uh, an overview, because uh, we're talking, he's talking about just regarding the ability, for instance, to move energy between systems or chakras. Uh, So the predicament is that when energy comes out as sexual energy, it keeps reinforcing the sensual pleasure of it so intensely that it keeps capturing your consciousness and therefore makes it more difficult to keep transferring or transmuting the energy. And that's there isn't a person on the earth who hasn't experienced that, and I'm, you know, we're talking about people uh, getting conscious, people on the path, and and working with uh, different energies, and um, and and this uh, is a very primordial energy that is difficult to work with, uh, just for that particular reason. Uh, and he goes on to talk about his own, as he always does. He's very honest. So somebody asked him about his personal uh, sexual history and he talked about his bisexuality and um, he went on to say... No, so he's kind of saying as a public speaker, he, uh, you know, people get attracted to him, get attracted to that energy which they identify with him um, of unconditional love, compassion, whatever it might be. So, you know, he always had to deal with... uh, his own attraction to various people coming up to him or whatever it may be. So this is what he said about that. I often say it would be wonderful to have sexual intimacy with you, meaning to the person who is uh, coming up to him and uh, suggesting that, but we can't afford it. He says it's the same thing with my father who used to want to give me money. And I'd say I'd love to have the money, but we can't afford it. Not that he couldn't afford it financially, but that if he gave me the money, he'd end up paranoid that I'd always want money from him. And that would make him unable to receive the love. And I really felt our relationship couldn't afford it. Um, What I feel other times is that where we are in our cultural development, Often we can feel those feelings, but if we act out on them, we're both going to get caught and it's not worth it. So this led me to... I read this book uh, quite a long time ago and it reminded me of something in this book. Uh, I'll tell you where it's from, but uh, this, uh, this is a little passage from this book. Normal people don't realize that with every sexual act they transfer impressions into each other. Karmic impressions are powerful and all they seek is an avenue to express themselves. Coitus is so consuming that while the awareness is absorbed in the act, the person is laid open to the other's impressions. These Alien or foreign impressions, impressions outside of you, can foster future karmic ties with each other. Normal people don't realize the extent of the tangled web that their acts weave about them. I mean, an amazing statement. I remember reading it way back when and thinking about all of my own picadillos, is a word, and unthinking and unconscious uh, getting together you know obviously when you're young you never think of shit like this you just don't and uh, and of course as time goes on and you start to see the entanglements that one does create uh, in relationships through uh, sexual intimacy uh, these things start to uh, you know the awareness starts to rise around them this is from a book called kali's odia o d i y y a it's a shaman's true story of initiation it's it's um th- this took place earlier part of last century i don't even know if they still there was villages in in west bengal where there there's a huge devotion to kali that fierce uh, emanation of uh, mother, and uh, and in th- so these kids grow up in these villages, and there's always a there's a shaman, there's always a guide, and there's it's all very very uh, conscious day to day life, and they uh, train and they do tantra, and they train um, you know uh, child well children as they get into uh, you know eighteen nineteen twenty years old. They train them in in um, in conscious tantric uh, sex. Uh, one of just I'll, I'll read something else. I don't know if you're going to be interested, but uh, it it just suggests stuff. Uh, so an aspirant of freedom. So that is the result of of you know the uh, the hoped for result of tra- tantra. An aspirant of freedom has to reconcile his or her sexuality with the yearning for freedom. It is a mistake to think that the aspirant can arouse his or her own kundalini during ritual sex. Each partner does it for the other. Just as it is rare to be in the presence of a selfless teacher, it is equally rare to be with the right partner. Without the partner's selfless devotion to purify oneself before surrendering to the other, the aspirant can drag his partner into bondage, bondage from the powerful impressions transferred during the ritual. Hence the need for the aspirant to undertake rigorous self-purification to protect the partner. To attempt to arouse kundalini with sexual energy without eliminating these binding impressions is to plunge both partners into bondage instead of liberation. So, you know, I think in the West this is you know I have always thought that uh, any attempt at tantra is because uh, of what Ramdas, uh, what I quoted from him just before, that our proclivity to, um, to engage in the uh, pleasure, to get lost in the pleasure is prohibitive prohibitive in relation to doing uh, conscious tantra yoga and i think it's be very very difficult now so there's uh, obviously this is a, a yogic practice that uh is real and has real merit uh it just depends you know a lot of these things depend on the times that we're in so but this does suggest uh, you know how um how powerful it is when we uh join together in sexual intimacy and um take for granted stuff that we maybe shouldn't take for granted now not to get too pedantic about this because uh you know we have a lot of problems in this uh, in, in our in the western culture regarding you know, hiding sex, and uh, you know, I think Ramdas even talks about it. Uh, it, uh, what does he say here? In this culture, there's two signs. One is this kind of exhibitionism about it all, and the other is a kind of anxiety about it, a feeling of shame or privacy or hiddenness, and both of those are, uh, you know, roughly the same thing. So, you know, that's something we it's something really um important to ponder, you know, in our relationships. Um and you're never too young to ponder it, by the way. Uh and i, I think uh just one last quote uh for, oh there's a funny thing he talks about how he, in terms of engaging people that would come to see him, you know, and where he would fall down you know, uh, enticing uh, people who were, uh, you know, getting from him this, you know, powerful hit. And he'd say, hey, you want to go see my holy pictures? Come on upstairs. And boy, oh boy, that rings. Jeez. Um, But ultimately, learning compassionate ways to express your energy is is really the most important thing. Um, in all of this, when your energy is used in a way that's destructive, meaning that it creates suffering to you and other people and creates pain of separation, you want to keep working to move that energy in other ways to create a a more compassionate environment for you and everybody else. And, you know, hopefully that's, uh, if we can all... um, Join together and agree on that as a a goal. Uh, I think that's the only real goal, as His Holiness the Dalai Lama said, "Kindness is my only religion." And 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 so that uh, uh, to w- work with energy is to keep that in mind, um, so that uh, you know we are protected by virtue of our intention for love and uh peace, kindness, compassion so um well here's Ramdas and again, thanks, go to ramdas.org and uh you'll see you know new film, you'll see the stream uh the streams that you can uh, get the uh, the links to uh, for compassion and adversity. It was a wonderful retreat some. Uh, a lot of wisdom came out of it and uh and again thanks for the support and here's uh, ram oh th- this lecture by the way this talk he gave I c- and i can't find where it's from uh, we're still working on that media library folks so uh hang in there over the next month or two we expect that uh, to be a huge change and a huge uh increase of offering of of uh of media uh, from ramdas and friends um but uh, you know, con- we appreciate the support. So please do continue to support uh, Ramdas uh, and uh, Love Serve Remember Foundation. So uh, thank you. And here's Ramdas here
1: and now. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Stop for a moment and think about something that you really need to get off your chest. It could be frustration with your job or a coworker. It could be fear or uncertainty about the future. It could be a secret that you've been hiding for years. We all carry around different stressors, both big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. Speaking with a therapist on a regular basis is also a great way to improve your communication skills. Learn to resolve conflict. Increase your self-awareness and self-esteem. Develop positive coping strategies. Build stronger relationships and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist plus switch therapist at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/Ramdas today to get ten percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. dot com slash Ramdas.
2: Who begins? Well, I get the privilege of going first because my question is so off the wall. Um... The question is how to integrate sexuality and spirituality. Everybody's interested in. But I'm particularly interested in why spiritual traditions make such a big deal out of male semen. Why what? Why (laughs) spiritual traditions (laughs) make such a big deal out of the presence or absence of male semen. Seminal emissions are like the whole fate of worlds (laughs) is hung upon them. And somebody else was interested in your private sexual life. <laughs> in answer to the first part of your question, the um, the nature of prana or or energy in the subtler form of energy, as that energy um, is expressed at each of the chakra levels. It comes out in a grosser or a subtler form. And in certain um, uh, exercises that involve pranayama and um, working with the sushumna in the spine, um, the yogi um, brings the energy to the second chakra and then, as the um, ejaculation starts, draws it back in and draws it up the spine and it takes that energy and moves it into a finer and finer energy which is used in a transformative way so that a lot of the um, feeling of uh, horniness in our culture is that the energy comes up to the second chakra and it gets sort of stopped there there's kind of a, a top on the thing and it can't move up the spine any further because the higher chakras aren't opened and there's blockage and then it comes out and if it comes out in the second chakra it often comes out as semen if it comes out in the third chakra it comes out as power preoccupations and control and mastery and things like that it's just the same thing it's the same energy it's just where the how the energy is manifesting so the whole idea of yoga in terms of energy systems is transmuting the energies that come out on one of the chakras so that they all the chakras are ultimately open but in order to do that, as a tractus, you draw this energy back from the lower chakras and move it up the sushumna, so or up the, up the tract, so that it comes out, in and helps open the upper chakras. Like if you focus up in the ajna and keep drawing the energy up, it'll start to get very pulsing and hot, and after a while, that chakra will open, and then you get all of the, blessings and curses that go with that chakra, and um, ultimately, of course, you go to the thousand petal lotus or the. Final um, sh- opening of the chakra, and you then merge back into the one. That's all the yoga of energy, of working with the energy. Um, and um, Nandu, am I doing all right on this? Thank you. Because <laughs> Nandu lives in that world. He works with all that stuff. He's a, and he's quite evolved with that. And I, uh, I at one time worked with it 25 years ago, but I, I don't work with that now. Well, I guess oh, the second part of the question. Not just that, but on, on that question, it's like, I know the, uh,
0: that's a traditional story, but does that, do you think that's true? I mean, is that your
2: do I think it's true? Yeah. Oh, I think it's absolutely true. Absolutely. I don't think that, um, I mean, <coughs> there. we are all the energy in the universe, so the uh, the idea that you're using it up... I find a little difficult because there's plenty more where everything came from. I mean, because you know yourself that you can be dissipated and then something happens which shifts your consciousness and you're, it's like you just plugged into 220 instead of 110 and you're zooming with energy. So it's just the ability to move energy between systems. The predicament is that when the energy comes out as sexual energy, it keeps reinforcing the sensual pleasure of it so intensely that it it keeps capturing your consciousness, and it it makes it more difficult to keep transferring it. So it is renunciation in the service of liberation from renunciation, really. It's just a strategy. It's just a strategy. It's not good or bad. It's just a strategy. But there is an abundance of energy, and and, uh, uh, I often see people that are just, they just can't they can't move it, they can't open the energy. And I'll often encourage them to like breathe in through their pelvis and breathe out through their abdomen and then breathe in through their abdomen and breathe out through their heart and just keep moving up to their the throat chakra and so on. Just keep moving the energy up. Okay? Because we start out after we've closed down with just roughly most everybody's functioning with the first three chakras open and everything above it. And the beginning of awakening is the beginning of the opening of the fourth chakra, as you know. And then you start, when the Anahata starts to open, then the real appreciation of the ability to empathize with another person, the real quality of compassion starts to be expressed. And then there's a whole new kind of energy. And what we're talking about in Seva and what um, all the groups will be talking about this afternoon, in part, is how to serve from the fourth chakra, how to integrate those things. Uh, The other part of the question... Well, that's your personal opinion. I don't, I don't have any need for privacy, I mean, I...
1: I want details. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I learned something interesting about, um, I mean, all of you have your sexual trips, and um, in this culture there is this, um, uh, there's two signs. One is this kind of exhibitionism about it all, and the other is a kind of an anxiety about it and a feeling of shame or privacy or hiddenness. And both of those are roughly the same thing. I mean, I want every gory detail is as bad at one end as uh, I can't tell you anything. It's my business, very private, you know, because as if, if I don't make it private, I'll lose its value. And I learned an interesting thing. I learned that the more honest I was in a public space, the more other people felt freed by it And I get more letters from people saying, thank you for your honesty because it's helped me so much deal with mine. So that I don't feel at all. I mean, I feel, why would I want to keep it private? I have no shame about my life. I am, um, let's see what I am. (laughs) I am God. Let's start with that. (laughs) I am God in form. I have the blessing... Uh, which has a pathology in it, as far as I'm concerned, but it is a blessing, that um, most people are sexual objects for me. That is, I am bisexual, and I have uh, had sexual intimacy with many men and with many women. And um, my sexual patterns have been primarily with men, although if you read the New York Times, you will read that I have had Intense experiences with women, which they cataloged uh, in some detail (laughs) Um, so um, (laughs) um, What has uh, there were periods when I was doing a form of sexual uh, Tantric yoga, whatever that was where where my orgasms all occurred above my head I mean even at the feeling of ejaculation no semen emerged it came up and I experienced the orgasm up here rather than in my pelvis Um, and um, that was a period of time when I was working with that kind of energy in general um, over the years partly because of my age the intensity of that whole domain has quieted down somewhat and it's left me with some spaciousness. So there's a little sky in the cloud around the cloud, and the result is that um, while I am, I have no rules about sexuality. I'm very open in my sexuality with people. I only, I can feel when I meet somebody whether our relationship. I often say it would be wonderful to have sexual intimacy with you, but we can't afford it. It was the same thing when my father used to want to give me money. And I'd say, I'd love to have the money, but we can't afford it. Not that he couldn't afford it financially, but that if he gave me the money, he'd end up paranoid that I wanted money from him. And that would make him unable to receive the love. And I really felt our relationship couldn't afford it. And what I feel other times is that where we are in our cultural development often, we can feel those feelings, but if we act out on them, we're both going to get caught, and it's not worth it. It's not interesting enough. And a lot of my sexual forbearance with people is just because it's isn't. It's too finite. It really is too finite to have a sexual relationship with somebody without the higher level of consciousness being present. It just doesn't interest me. And I, I've had a real problem because I am, as a although I am certainly no Adonis and no male sex symbol, um, be- when you're a public figure, people do project into you, and because I feel very loving towards people, people who are very much in their personality and their sexual identity interpret that love as, as a... Uh, the, it resonates with them at the sexual or psychological level, and they want a special romantic relationship with me and then they suffer because they don't have it. And what I have to do is examine very carefully what hooks I use with other human beings, because the least hook I use on those planes, the karmuppance is incredible. I mean, I got to live with it for years afterwards. And it's very interesting when you start to love people more and more, when you realize you awaken in them. And somebody has powers. That's the power of awakening is that you, people start to be very attracted to you. And when the flower blooms, the bees come uninvited, and people get more and more attracted, and they want you, and they want to possess you, because it feels so good. And you end up, you can get paranoid and hide, or you can just keep reiterating, this is an impersonal love. This is an impersonal love. And people say, oh, that's your pathology. Why aren't you more personal? Now, I am, I'm not presenting myself, I, I have my neuroses, I mean, I'm not a father, I don't have children, I don't have a, uh, a wife, and I don't see that as an admirable quality, or do I see it as a disadmi- dishonorable or a disadmirable quality, it's the way it is, it's my path. I don't present my path as a desirable path for other people, but I honor it, and I, my friends have children and, and I love their children and I love them and I think they're getting there as fast as I'm getting there, it's not better or worse, but th- this is my particular path is that straight enough with everybody? those that want to get up and walk out in disgust, we'll take a moment now for you to do just that okay? <laughs> question, next question here, yes my dear
1: I'd like to know about the different levels of Shakti and what to do with
2: them. The different levels of Shakti and what to do with them, which is also part of the second part of your question, too. Uh, how you use the energies in your body, or the energies that are available to you. Let me just say that the more evolved you become spiritually, the more, first of all, the less the boundaries between my energy and the energy. And the more you understand that you're like a, an accountant, a sort of a, a chronicler of energy that is going through one particular subsystem. But your awareness isn't identified with that subsystem so much so that your awareness is part of the energy, even though this container may be finite in which energy it works with. That's an abstraction now to come to the concrete. The energy in the system, uh, one of the models that's often used are the chakra systems, are the seven chakras or seven energy centers in the body. And because of Karma, because of the mind and the clingings and the nature of the... Karma includes more than the mind, it also includes the body chemistry. Because of that, there will be a predisposition in you at any moment for the energy to focus on one or another of the chakras. I'm doing it this within the chakras. We could use other metaphors, but we'll use this one at and when that chakra, when the energy focuses on that chakra, it manifests and creates it. Let's see if I can describe it. Um, I am in my uh, fourth chakra. I'm feeling love and compassion towards everybody, but there is incomplete work in my other chakras. I'm walking down the street and. An image appears and because of something about that image which is no different than a little duckling that is faced with a a silhouette of the mother duck and it opens its mouth at some point an image appears and it crosses my line of vision and sexual excitement occurs in other words what happens is immediately the energy goes from my fourth chakra to my second chakra and With it comes forth not only a feeling of energy, but the minute that energy starts there is an entire psychological reality in every, Everything in the universe shifts just slightly to make the gratification at that center and the use of that energy real. So I'm walking down the street and everybody is God until that thing happens and then suddenly I'm back in a discriminative world of I want that and I don't want that. And everything else starts to be how can I make it and how can I get that gratification and it just shifted. I just moved from one chakra to another. And at that point, as I've said in my lectures, I will do anything when I'm in that one deeply. Like, wouldn't you like to come up and see my holy pictures? I mean, I will. I would use my spiritual identity and everything for gratification. There, you know, it's important that we go through this together. It's a tantric exercise, you know. <laughs> and really, I'm just horny. And um, so, um, and I noticed the way in the interesting way I was used to travel with Swami Muktananda, who had the, uh, who was a siddha yoga. He had the capacity to aw- awaken shakti. In other words, he could force the shakti to be activated with a glance, with a thought-form on his mind, in another person. It's a power, and you can develop that. It's like a focal point. Just the way you awaken your own Kundalini. When you do pranayama to awaken Kundalini, you do breathing exercises, and then there's a point where you hold the breath, and then you focus on the bottom of the spine, right by the coccyx, and you hit it with your awareness in a certain way and it awakens the energy and the energy starts to climb through the sushumna, which is the spiritual, psychic thing in the spine. And then you will start to feel all these symptoms at each chakra as it goes up until it arrives at a chakra that's closed, that isn't open. And then it blocks and then it goes out in something. And I watched, in we were in um, uh, Australia, I remember and there were about 20 people in the room and uh, they were all sitting and uh, Muktananda was up in front just strumming his dotara his two-stringed instrument and he was was kind of a sleepy afternoon and it was suburban Melbourne and there were these people there who had just come for their lunch hour to hang out with the passing guru and I noticed that at one moment a um, A gentleman, a very large portly gentleman with a blue serge suit and a Phi Beta Kappa key on him. He was sitting there just looking, and suddenly his hands started to get into these most extraordinary mudras. And, um, And he was just going through one mudra after another. And I looked at his face, and there was a look of perplexity on his face. And right next to him, there was a fellow that looked professorial. He had a tweed jacket on and a pipe in his pocket, and he had a professorial look. And he suddenly stood up, and he started to dance, doing these beautiful Indian dances with confusion, because it was clear he didn't know how to do those dances. And there was a, another couple, which was a secretary and her boss, and the secretary had just come not particularly interested but just come with her boss and she was sitting cross-legged with some difficulty and suddenly she started to bounce across the floor and the look on all these faces was looks of absolute confusion and when the whole i suddenly felt like i was in the back ward of a mental hospital i mean it was this bizarre situation <laughs> and when it got too weird he would just like flick his eyes or close it and the whole thing would stop And what I learned was that, um, and there's a list, he's got a list of when the mother shakti awakens, what kind of symptoms you'll have, and there's 23 of them. And different people respond to different ones. And what you find is that what happens is the shakti, when it awakens, moves up, and then it comes to a place where it's blocked, and it, it hits against it, and it'll start to come out. And it'll come out with sexual obsession, with power obsession, I mean, most of the people that are busy with power, ego power, it's because the fourth chakra isn't open and they have a lot of shakti. And they put all that energy into money and power and liyaya (laughs) kokanis. See? And then somebody at the second chakra puts it all into sexual gratification. And uh, when you have a lot of shakti, it becomes very disruptive because the patterns become obsessive, they become compulsive, they, uh, they uh, walk roughshod over everybody, because until you get to the fourth chakra, there's really no compassion for anybody else. There's just a need for your own gratification in the use of that energy. So, part of the process is constantly working to keep moving the energy through the system. So that when somebody has the energy, say, pouring out of the third chakra in power, and they're, they begin to be aware of their predicament. If they're not aware of their predicament, there's nothing to be done because they don't, they're not awakened. But once they're aware of their predicament, they can start processes of breathing, for example, of breathing in through the, the abdomen of the belly right there and breathing out through the heart and moving their awareness up and then starting to do the metta meditation and the loving-kindness meditation and just keep Taking and opening the next chakra up just keep working with opening that and practicing it and studying and reading and doing everything to move it all into a a Way where the energy balances more and comes out more So the process is getting to the point not getting to the point where there's no energy in the lower chakras But getting to the point where it isn't stuck in one of the chakras So that they're all open so that it's coming out of all of them But all of them in an appropriate way so that's not obsessive in any one of them so it's just the process, and a lot of the practices, like when we do devotional singing, when Jai leads singing, years ago, when the singing was led, it would turn into this sort of emotional, hysterical frenzy, and everybody would go out and screw on the grass. I mean, they couldn't not do it, because it was, there was so much sexual energy in the room when people were chanting, that they just... <laughs> I think it was before your time. I mean. Uh, It was in the old days, when I used to lead the chanting (laughs) With Jai, it has never gone below the fourth chakra (laughs) But it was interesting that, I mean, in in my lectures I used to lecture, and people would get so stoned at the lecture you know, on either one puff of my joint, or, or just on my whatever it was, that they go out and then they took that energy and they brought it into the chakra that was... and they go out and rape and pillage, you know, I mean that... because they had all this energy, what were they going to do with it? And they had the familiar ways of doing it. So what you're learning is compassionate ways of expressing your energy. And you keep working it up, and if you, you begin to see that when your energy is used in a way that's destructive, meaning that it creates suffering to you and other people, and creates pain of separation, all that, you want to keep working to move that energy into other ways. And I mean, you can be horny as can be, and then somebody comes down the street that really needs your help, really needs your help, and believe me, it pulls you out of that place, and all that, oh, I'm horny, and I can't have it, and I don't need it, and suddenly it's not relevant. Or in the same way, going the other direction, you're really horny, and you fall off a cliff. And on the way down, you're not thinking about reproducing. I mean, it's, it's, you go back into survival. And that's the opposite direction, but it's the same thing, that move into energy. So that in a way, Freud's right about sublimation of energy, of moving energy, and what is business is, but he, when he, he sees the sexual energy as the root energy, while the root energy is just energy, it's not sexual energy. Sexual energy is just one of the expressions of it.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What do you need to get off your chest? We all carry around different stressors, both big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It's also a great way to learn to resolve conflict, develop positive coping skills, and much more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, Give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com/Ramdos today to get ten percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com/Ramdos.